0: From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Anxiety Project Podcast, episode 198. I am Brad Robinson. Let's talk about desensitization. This is huge. This is a must-know. I feel like we need to include this in our education system. I just don't see why we're not taught how to confront situations that make us feel stressed and anxious, how to prepare for those, how to desensitize yourself to those situations. I am so floored because this is wisdom. Shouldn't this be taught in school growing up? Shouldn't this be common knowledge? And no, it's not. We're living in an age of anxiety. People are becoming more sensitive to their health, to situations than ever before. And this desensitization process is only going to make you into a stronger and braver person. It almost feels like the institutions now are deliberately making us weaker mentally and physically. I feel like that is the case. We have to be our own independent person to live our best self. You can't just go by what, Is said on the media. Go by what is said on the news or the commercials. You have to pick up the book. You have to do the practices yourself. You have to experiment yourself. And you have to put in the work yourself. A lot of people, many people, rely on external crutches to get them through the day, the month, the year, their life. But those crutches are short-lived and the pain and the problems are still there. People are not tackling and resolving the root causes of why they are feeling the way they are feeling, their sensitivity. So let's go into the root causes of the sensitivity today. Let's walk through the plan to decrease your anxiety levels that sensitivity and get to a level zero on the anxiety scale now this episode is fueled from a question i got from one of you guys oksana she says thank you so much for your videos i watch every one of them well thank you oksana that's that's really good i'm glad you're dedicated to this this growth. Uh, Would you please make a video on the fear of flying? I am afraid of having a panic attack on the plane and no one will be there to help me. Absolutely. I have a three hour flight coming up in two weeks. I'm already having stomach, a heavy stomach feeling, shortness of breath and heart palpitations. I haven't flown in 11 years. Okay, Aksana, thank you for the great question. Now, for those of you listening, if it's not the fear of flying, I'm sure it's the fear of something else. So, Oksana, this is going to relate to your experience of, of that flying, of, of going on that airplane. Now, this episode is for anybody out there. I'm sure it's everybody who has some sort of fear lingering in the background. You go to an event that's uncomfortable, that's anxiety-producing. How do you prepare? Or maybe you're someone like my old self who's suffering from agoraphobia. You can't even leave your house without feeling that sense of anxiety and dread. This is for you because we want to build upon your bravery so that all the other fears in your life start to shrink drastically because you're building on the trust on the inner trust within you now there are two anxiety fears the first is losing control and then the second is making a fool out of yourself in front of other people while you lose control Now, I understand from the question, Aksana, that your perception over your bodily sensations is of fear. The sensations are triggering your fear response, your anxiety. Trigger, a really important word there. So, you are anxious of losing control on this airplane, having no help around you, and this produces symptoms because you're imagining it, you're getting the internal voice of the situation, it's producing bodily symptoms, and because the symptoms show up and you can't gain control over them, Well, this only fuels more of the fear and then this becomes an anxiety loop. And yeah, we get stuck in this loop all the time. I did for a long time. And that's why I am the person I am now is because I started to recognize the loop and I started to break it down into manageable goals of what can I tackle first so that I can lessen my sensitivity. And so, before I get into these small incremental steps, most likely than not, Aksana, you have had this sense of dread in other environments before. It's not just the plane ride. I'm sure that you've had other situations that have caused you to feel trapped, helpless, in a a confined space of some sort. And in those spaces, you've reacted with strong emotion towards these sensations that come up. And now these sensations are coming from a natural bodily response. And it's produced from this almond-shaped part of the brain called the amygdala. When someone is sensitive, when they are reactive over these bodily sensations, they learn to fear these sensations on, on command. As soon as they show up, it's an immediate reaction like my 10-year-old self when I had a panic attack because I reacted to the unusual sensations as if they were going to take my life. I reacted to the heart palpitations. I reacted to the hyperventilation. And I ran upstairs and I put my head between my legs and that was the first panic attack I ever had. And yeah, it was a misinterpretation over these sensations. I was watching a movie that was very exciting, very stimulating. My body was stimulated and then I started to look internally and I thought, oh no, what if this is something serious? Oh no, what if I lose control? Why am I feeling like this? And it, I just I kept reacting with strong emotion after emotion toward these feelings. The amygdala. Is our threat detection alarm bell. When this alarm bell goes off. Associations are created. The more emotion I was putting. Towards the dizziness. Towards the hyperventilation. The more my amygdala was like. Okay we need to fear these sensations. This is not a good thing. So. Remember, the amygdala works by associations. Heart palpitations equals threat to my life. Dizziness, nausea, hyperventilation equals threat to my life. And not just the symptom, but also the environment. This environment that you are in and places similar to this environment should be avoided so the context of the situation gets stored within the emotional memory of your amygdala the context of the situation gets stored within the amygdala and then when it comes about next time when the sensation pops up when you're in an environment like the one you were in before what happens threat so if you have a panic attack on the subway you could have one on the plane you could have one in that taxi cab in that elevator these are all different places but similar environments to the amygdala. This is a place that makes you feel trapped. Like me, I had a panic attack at a shopping mall. And then I had one at the art gallery. These are two different places. But both of these places made me feel trapped among a crowd of people who could potentially judge me while I lose control and die. So, to desensitize yourself, you have to pick one situation that makes you feel anxious and work on gradual exposure. Now, this is the systematic desensitization process. Where do you start? Well, remember, pick one situation And then start at the lowest level of the hierarchy. So small steps leading to the ultimate goal of, well, for this example, riding on the subway. So the top goal is to ride on the subway. The first goal could be look at a picture of a subway car, the interior of a subway car. On Google. At home. What happens? Well, you are anxious at first. You feel uncomfortable. But the more you look at the picture, the more the amygdala creates new associations over that image. Remember that the amygdala doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. So... You might be thinking, well, I'm just looking at a picture on Google. Why am I anxious? Well, the amygdala doesn't know the difference between the real thing and the image. You're there feeling all of the emotions. You're reliving the emotions that you felt when you originally had that panic attack on the subway. So, you look at the picture until you're bored of it. Your anxiety level goes from an eight down to a three or two. That's progress. That's a sign that the amygdala is making new associations over the situation. That's a great thing. The amygdala wants to be told whether or not this is a threat. The more. You stare at it and go through the uncomfortable sensations. The more the amygdala goes, oh, this is not a threat. You're not going to die while doing this. Okay, I understand. Sometimes you have to do this multiple times for your sensitization to decrease. So start there. You look at a picture. You look at a YouTube video. Of The subway car until you're bored of it. Let's move up. The next thing is Visualization close your eyes and visualize yourself on the subway car until you're bored of it Imagine the scenario the way you want it to go Imagine yourself on the subway Breathing and looking confident, smiling. Maybe you're enjoying something that you love to do while you're on the subway. I want you to look around, soak all of that information in through your five senses. I want you to get off the subway, and I want you to strike the Superman or Superwoman pose. And I want you to Walk confidently off the platform. Imagine in bright detail how you want it to go. And then the amygdala goes, oh, this is what Brad wants. Oh, this is not actually a threat. This is doable. Because really, the more you visualize the worst case scenario, you're going to get the worst case scenario. So why not show your unconscious mind, your amygdala, that this challenge is doable. I can overcome this. It won't destroy me. Now, moving up from the visualization, I want you to drive in your car to the subway stop and I just want you to walk down the ramp, onto the subway platform, and that's it. And I want you to stay on the platform until you're bored of being on the platform. You might be sensitive, you might want to run away, but stay there until the amygdala understands that this is a situation where you won't die, and then I want you to leave And I want you to keep going back until your anxiety is down to a level three or two. And then the next step after that is to come back, go on the subway car, and go one stop and get off. That's the next goal. And do that one day, then maybe another day, and then another day until you're bored of that. And then you build up on that bravery and then you go two stops and then you go three stops and you keep building until your amygdala finally understands that this is not as scary as it seemed. That's really what's happening. Anxiety sufferers need to build a trust within themselves they need to know that when in an uncomfortable situation they can confront and handle the chaos they have the strength within themselves they can fight the dragon first fight the small baby ones before going to the top dog of all dragons fight the baby dragons. Now, Aksana, this is how I want you to prepare for that plane ride. I want you to watch YouTube videos. I want you to visualize how you want the experience to go the best way possible and keep doing it every day until you actually go on the plane. Now, I know... That you can't just go on a plane and go for, on a plane for a minute and then get off. I understand that. But what you can do, Aksana, is you can practice in environments around you to build on your bravery. So, do you feel anxious going to the mall? for example, or are there situations that make you feel anxious, working on your bravery by systematically exposing yourself to those situations before the plane ride. You can do that. So to prepare for that plane ride, remember, watch those videos until your amygdala gets bored of it. I want you to visualize how the experience is going to go. Maybe you even drive to the airport and you visit the airport. That's really important. Each time you stay in the environment that is anxiety-producing, even though you want to leave, the amygdala is creating new associations. This is a place where you won't die. Even though you had all of these strange sensations and felt out of control, you stayed. You stayed. You survived. And this builds that trust within yourself. You actually get braver. And when you conquer one situation, this is so cool, you find that all other situations become more... Tolerable. Your bravery bleeds into all other situations that would have made you anxious before. Now, Aksana, I also want to add that while you are on the plane, maybe take a powerful podcast with you. I want you to have some content at your ready that calms you down and adds clarity to the situation. And I'll give you an example. When I used to suffer from anxiety and I would have night anxiety, I would play certain podcasts and videos at night while I was lying in bed about anxiety. So I was learning while I was lying in bed. But The content of the video was helping me to accept what I was going through. It's not this unknown thing. It's not this uncertainty, but it's this anxiety that I'm going through. It's this amygdala that's sounding the alarm bell. It's my past traumas that are keeping me up. It's my fears. And listening to this content... I'm sure it'll help you to calm down your system while on the airplane. You can see how quickly your world shrinks down when you begin to avoid little situations. Then you wind up at home and unable to walk a block down the road from your house without experiencing extreme panic. This is very, very common. It happened to me when I used to suffer from agoraphobia. Your fears grow so quickly and so big that when you start to step out into those huge adult dragons, they are overwhelming. And people find it quite daunting to progress now that everything around them is so large. Their fears are so large. And, well, I was there. But you can overcome them. So if you are in that position, I am saying that you can and are able to conquer even those adult dragons. And this brings me into the flooding technique. Now, this is something I did myself. The flooding technique is not gradually exposing yourself, but going all the way from the bottom of the hierarchy to the top all at once. And what I mean by that is if you have a fear of the subway, you just go on the subway and you force yourself just to be in that situation, and then you get off, and then you go about your day. And now this is something I did. So at the symphony, I didn't prepare for that battle. I showed up, and then I had a panic attack while I was in the audience, and then I just rode the wave of panic. I just sat there uh, worried, concerned, uh, frustrated, overwhelmed, And then the show was over, and I was so relieved. I caught up, and I was so excited to get out of the building. But what happened was it was still working. And what I mean by that is I was still making new associations with my amygdala by exposing myself to the adult dragon because every time I went back to the symphony or to an environment where I feel trapped, my anxiety levels were lessening each and every time. Yes, I had to do it about eight, 10 times maybe, but eventually my anxiety level got down to a three, and now it's at a level zero. Because I showed up there, I rode the wave of panic. I stayed until my amygdala was bored of it, right? You feel emotionally drained at that point, And then you leave. And you do this enough times, your amygdala will be like, okay, well, I know you won't die in this situation because each time you were here before, you survived. And it got better and better each and every time so that's another way to go about it you show up at the environment and you ride the wave of panic you don't cope you don't take any anti-anxiety medication you don't numb yourself with weed or alcohol you soak in all of that pain and suffering and you ride that wave you stay there no matter what you tell yourself you know if it kills me let it kill me this is a challenge This is an opportunity to grow. I even told myself at one point, I hope I get a panic attack so I can challenge myself. Now, I'll leave a link below to the step-by-step process of handling a panic attack. Make sure you click on that. Make sure you watch that because it's crucial. You want to know what not to do during a panic attack And what to do that'll build upon your bravery in those certain situations. In the end, it's the unknown. It's the uncertainty that overwhelms people in these situations. So you have to add on that certainty. It's the uncertainty in the back of your mind. The images of the airplane ride, right? But how can you add more certainty? That's where the visualization exercise comes in. Imagine how you want it to go, the best way possible. Keep doing that. Write it down. What do you want from this experience? Remember, take content with you that will help empower you. Not make you cope, but will that will help you learn and grow and develop so if you have to bring this podcast with you do it if you have to bring that panic attack video where i left a link below do it bring content that helps you calm down like what Carl young proposes what you need most is found in the place you least want to look And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you for the question, Oksana. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please, if you found this to be useful, share it with other people. Leave your comments below if it has helped you. What have you overcome? And leave your comments because you just might help someone else who is struggling. You can rise above anxiety. I will see you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The anxiety project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.